Chapter Eight of Book Six of Les Misérables, Volume Two, by Victor Hugo. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ruth Golding. Les Misérables, Volume Two, by Victor Hugo, translated by Isabel Florence Hapgood. Book Six. Le Petit Picpus, Chapter Eight, Post Corda Lapides. After having sketched its moral face, it will not prove unprofitable to point out, in a few words, its material configuration. The reader already has some idea of it. The convent of the Petit Picpus Saint Antoine filled almost the whole of the vast trapezium which resulted from the intersection of the Rue Polonceau the Rue Droit Mur, the Rue Petit Picpus, and the unused lane called Rue Aumarais on old plans. These four streets surrounded this trapezium like a moat. The convent was composed of several buildings and a garden. The principal building, taken in its entirety, was a juxtaposition of hybrid constructions which, viewed from a bird's-eye view, outlined with considerable exactness a gibbet laid flat on the ground. The main arm of the gibbet occupied the whole of the fragment of the Rue Droit Mur, comprised between the Rue Petit Picpus and the Rue Polonceau. The lesser arm was a lofty, grey, severe, grated façade which faced the Rue Petit Picpus. The carriage entrance number 62 marked its extremity. Towards the centre of this façade was a low arched door, whitened with dust and ashes, where the spiders wove their webs, and which was open only for an hour or two on Sundays, and on rare occasions when the coffin of a nun left the convent. This was the public entrance of the church. The elbow of the gibbet was a square hall, which was used as the servants' hall, and which the nuns called the buttery. In the main arm were the cells of the mothers, the sisters, and the novices. In the lesser arm lay the kitchens, the refectory, backed up by the cloisters and the church. Between the door number 62 and the corner of the closed lane Aumarais was the school, which was not visible from without. The remainder of the trapezium formed the garden, which was much lower than the level of the Rue Polonceau, which caused the walls to be very much higher on the inside than on the outside. The garden, which was slightly arched, had in its centre, on the summit of a hillock, a fine pointed and conical fir-tree, whence ran, as from the peaked boss of a shield, four grand alleys, and ranged by twos in between the branchings of these eight small ones, so that, if the enclosure had been circular, the geometrical plan of the alleys would have resembled a cross superposed on a wheel. As the alleys all ended in the very irregular walls of the garden, they were of unequal length. They were bordered with currant bushes. At the bottom an alley of tall poplars ran from the ruins of the old convent, which was at the angle of the Rue Droit Mur, to the house of the little convent, which was at the angle of the Omarais Lane. In front of the little convent was what was called the little garden, 
To this hole let the reader add a courtyard, all sorts of varied angles formed by the interior buildings, prison walls, the long black line of roofs which bordered the other side of the Rue Polenceau for its sole perspective and neighbourhood, and he will be able to form for himself a complete image of what the house of the Bernardine of the Pitipipus was forty years ago. This holy house had been built on the precise site of a famous tennis-ground of the fourteenth to the sixteenth century, which was called the tennis-ground of the eleven thousand devils. All these streets, moreover, were more ancient than Paris. These names, Droit-Mur and Aumarais, are very ancient. The streets which bear them are very much more ancient still. Omaray Lane was called Mogou Lane. The Rue Droit-Mur was called the Rue des Aiglantiers, for God opened flowers before man cut stones. End of Book Six, Chapter Eight. Recording by Ruth Golding.